Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning. This is the Canterbury Sports Corner, the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, thanks to Enterprise, the recruitment company, improving people's lives for over 50 years. Uh, Coming up, we're going to catch up with Craig Crawford. Craig Crawford is a commentator, football commentator. He commentates all the games for the Southern Premier League. Uh, We'll catch up with him, uh, the games that are going on this weekend, a top-of-the-table clash coming up this afternoon. And uh, we'll also talk about under-20s, and we'll cover off as well. Uh, the Phoenix and where the Phoenix currently sit at the moment. Clive Beaumont, he is the general manager of Canterbury Basketball. He's going to join us. Uh, One of the things we're going to talk about with him is the need to secure 600 hours of court time outside of school hours to be able to play all their competitions and then add in time for training and player development courses and things like that, basically needing more courts and how they're going about that. So we'll talk to uh, Clive about that a little later on. Right now, though, we're going to talk rugby uh, with one, the only, the man they call Chainsaw Laney. Uh, Brennan, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, Looking forward to the weekend, mate. It's going to be some... uh some cracking footy, isn't it? Yeah, mate, some fantastic footy. And uh, I don't know if you're going to get along the Orange Theory or not, but uh, the Crusaders take on the Waratahs. And, you know, just with the way that the table is looking, it's, you know, imperative the Crusaders win this, but win it well, get that bonus point as well, isn't it? Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, looking and they've put out a team to sort of reflect that. Then they uh, they need a bit of momentum going into finals footy as well. Um, the other thing with the Crusaders, they're playing at home. They want to put on uh, a good performance for their last game. They've got a few boys who probably who who uh, who are ending at the end of the year. I know there's finals and all that to come, but you know they want to put on a good performance. And and look, this Waratahs teams they're a handy effort, so uh, they'll be dangerous for the for the Crusaders because if they take them lightly, um, and like any team, I suppose in the Super Super Rugby, you, uh, you you get found out. And they've, they've been in that position with the Jura. And they say certainly won't want um, they won't want the the Waratah boys to to step up and do that. So um, I think it's a big game for them. Yeah, it's a massive game because especially when you consider that the Chiefs are away at the Brumbies, Canberra's are never an easy place to go. Now at the moment, there's I think eight points between the Crusaders and the Chiefs, uh, or it might be six points. Sorry, uh, Crusaders get a good win here with a bonus point, and if the Chiefs don't win, then everything's on that last game of the season. Uh, and, you know, the Crusaders have got to go to the Canes, but the Chiefs have got to travel to Perth, and you know that Clayton McMillan will be going, oh, I'd love to send a B, a B team over there and not have to worry about the points, but uh, if you put the pressure on as the Crusaders, it might force his hand a bit. Yeah, exactly, and and you're right, you know, like, uh, uh, Donk will, he'll, he'll be wanting to make sure that, I suppose like all, all teams, you, you, you want control your own fate, don't you? And, uh, you know, results in, in the way the Chiefs have been going, the results is, uh, is how you do that. And, um, you know, they've got two, like you said, two tough finishes, so um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that does go. But this Crusaders team at home are really tough to beat. And you've got to admire the way they got up against the Blues. That Blues side's a pretty handy outfit too. And, and their defence against them was just magnificent. And then the try they scored, with Harvey's beautiful dummy and fiend, 
and put uh, put a beautiful pass away. You know, that's that was really final footy for me. That that just proves how good they are. So uh, um, tomorrow night, uh, sorry, um, it's going to be really interesting at, uh, at at the game tomorrow night, and, and um, I just think that the Crusaders are just starting to hit their peak a bit. Yeah, just uh, at the at the right time too, you know, uh, at exactly at exactly yeah. the right time. I mean, uh, the Waratahs, uh, I, I think they've got some they've, they've got some very good players and, and guys that uh, you know play in a position that you know well of fullback as well. Um, you know, Ben Donaldson who can play ten or fifteen, Tane Edmed as well. Uh, who who do you like there? Uh, and you know, Charlie Gamble coming coming back to Christchurch as well. He's an, he's another one. Uh, you, you you give them any chance of causing an upset? Yeah, yeah, I do. Look at the end of the day, this this super rugby. That's what makes it so interesting because they can. Um, this Waratahs team, they know marks. They're a loxy, they're a handy outfit, and uh, you know if the Crusaders don't get their get their uh, top two inches bang on and turn up for the game, they could end up being in the position where they were against the Jura and, and losing. So, um, Edmund, I really enjoy Edmund at 10. I think he's an outstanding footballer. He's getting better and better. Um, Gamble back, that's great, isn't it? And obviously, he used to be playing. He went through the system here in uh, the Crusaders. Um, and he's he's an outstanding footballer. He was when he was, when he was fit and rearing to go, and I'm sure he will be. So, And he'll be excited about the contest too. So, yeah, they're just going to have to make sure they're really front up because... Uh, I've said this, this Waratahs team will be here. To, they're not here just to make the numbers up. They're here to get a win. And yeah. they need it themselves to keep themselves in the comp. Yeah, well, that's actually a really good point. You know, it's a, it's all on the line for them as well. I mean, it was a it was a big win for them over the Reds that got them. Uh, they currently sit sixth in the uh, in the table, uh, but probably a little bit too far off the Canes to to be able to climb any further than that. So it's just about uh, staying where they are. Now, talking about the Canes, uh, disappointing I thought last week to see Artie Colsey and uh, and Geordie Barrett all rested for the game against the Chiefs. I mean, that was the one game last weekend that mattered, and uh, New Zealand rugby managed to get in the way of it uh, really happening. Yeah, no, look, I've never really agreed with the resting thing. I get I get the idea behind it. I totally understand what they're trying to achieve. And, and, and obviously for the All Blacks, the bigger picture is later in the year. I, t- I totally understand that. But I, I think if you asked each guy, um, everyone to a man would, would say, oh, I want to play. Um, they don't like sitting on the bench and watching, and they certainly don't like sitting in the stands watching, regardless of whether you're an All Black or not. So, um, you know, they want to play in those big games, um, and that was one of them. Um, and really, you know, we saw how McMillan was really unhappy with with his team's performance. Well, you put another three guys in there, the Canes could have ended up with a result there. Mm. Um, so yeah, bit disappointing there. And from a from a crowd point of view too. Oh, we've we've probably all been down this track, haven't we, with the rested players, and you know we're we're devaluing the competition a bit and stuff like that. Flip side to it, you get guys who come in and and fill those positions and get an opportunity at that level. So I'm a I'm a massive fan of seeing the big guys play, and and as a player, you know being able to mark the All Black guys that was a real thrill for me. Um, didn't always work out, but it was always a real thrill. But you know, like that's that's why the that's what that so makes the Super Rugby competition so good. So um, yeah, thought they thought it would have been um, yeah just it would have been a hell lot better if those boys were playing. But well, look, there's the rules, and that's what they've accepted. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I get that. I mean, it was interesting. I was having a conversation with a mate who's who's worked in high performance, and he said he said people climbing into the NZR. 
um, he said are missing the point here. He said, now I'm not saying that the model's right because I don't think the model is right. You know, the sport is about entertainment. But NZR don't treat Super Rugby as an entertainment proposal. They treat it as a development high-performance proposal. It is doing that, but to the detriment of crowds and fans. So them saying that it's about the fans is actually a load of cod's wallet. Well, we, we've seen that, haven't we? You know, our crowd numbers have been really poor. Um, you know, we had a sellout here for the Blues Crusaders game. I tried to get the get a ticket for my wee fella and myself, and we couldn't get one. And that that's great. That's fantastic. That's what it should be like. You know, gutted that we couldn't take the wee man along to watch the rugby, but you know, that's what we should be having at every ground. Um, we're not, are we? Um, and that's really concerning from from uh, just a, a general rugby person who loves his rugby um, and you know we're we're just not getting bums on seats and and that's got to come back to the product that we're watching and the excitement around it so um, I think we've got a major problem there and um, I I wish I had the answer to uh, to the to the I know you paid enough for that one but um, it's it's a major concern Carl I'm sure you probably agree it's it's We've been very lucky in New Zealand rugby um, that we've had really loyal supporters. But then, on an arts and numbers game, you go and have a look at that European Cup final and how many people, mm. um, La Rochelle and uh, Leinster, who went on watched that game. It was absolutely chocker. Yeah. And I know it was a final, I get that, but some of the other, the other games they get, they get a massive crowd. I, like I said, I understand the numbers thing, but we're not getting the numbers anywhere near that. No, and that's a massive concern. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and we, we talked about big players not playing games. Well, Bowden Barrett's not playing this weekend against the Canes for the Blues. And Roger Tuivasa Sheck, who they spent so much money on, and I know he's going back to league next year, but he's not even in the Blues 23 and he's not injured. So I don't know what that tells you. I mean, for all the noise that Fozzie made about, oh, that doesn't rule him out of going to the World Cup, it certainly seems like he's not getting an opportunity to press a claim. Yeah, look, I feel sorry for Roger to have us checking away. I, I really think they tried to put him in a position in, uh, that that you know, second five is really tough to learn um, from a guy who's coming into um, that level of footy, who's come from a game that he's played so long. Um, I thought they probably should have chucked him on the wing. And when I say chucked him on the wing, it's not the right word really, but they put have put him there and let him play because the guy has got natural talent. He's quick. He's got a fantastic step, one of the best in the world. And they should have just given him a chance out there to, to learn the game a bit like that and come off his wing and, and go looking for work. Second five is such a tough position to learn. Um, and, yeah, I probably could have been handled a bit differently. We may be sitting here talking about, hey, Roger, two of us is, he, is, uh, is going to be in the World Cup squad because he's, uh, he's playing so well. So, um, yeah. Real tough one, wasn't it? Um, I, I feel, feel for him a bit, really, because uh, he's all, I, what the bit I like about him is he's as he's kept his head down, his mouth shut, and he's just said, "Well, I'm going to finish out my year with with New Zealand rugby and uh, and do it right." And and that's what I, I admire about the, the guy. I think he's uh, he's an outstanding athlete, but also an outstanding fella. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, actually. About you know, there's no whinging going on, mate. We we talked yesterday morning on the breakfast show about about the situation and say said, you know, do we expect to see him in a Warriors jersey before the end of the season? Um, because, I mean, you know, we remember that the Warriors let him go early out of his contract so he could prep for his, his change of careers and go, going to rugby union. I don't see any point in him playing NPC, right? So if the Blues hold on to him until they're eliminated and then release him, I think, makes perfect sense for everybody. But what do you think will actually yeah. happen? 
Well, look, I suppose it's going to come back to Roger too. You know, look, he's he wants to finish properly as well. You know, he's that type of guy, isn't he? Um, like I said, he's kept his mouth shut. He's gone. He said, look, I've got a, I've got a contract to finish here, and um, that's what I admire of what he's doing. Um, and he wants to finish well as well. So, um, look, I, I think it's probably going to pan out like you said. Um, in in but the Warriors would, be, would have been stoked to have him back, wouldn't they? <laughs> um, especially the way they're going. Imagine having that to your list at the moment. Um, but look, I, I uh, and, 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 you know, go to the Auckland guys, they'll be pretty keen to have him in the NPC as well, don't get me wrong. But look, I think it'll pan out the way you said. And, and, um, but like I said, I just like the way that he's handled himself and he's, he's, he's you know, kept his head down. I feel sorry for him with the injuries he's had too. That's been pretty unlucky. You can't do much about that. But he's a pretty diligent sort of a guy, and he's worked really hard. And, and yeah, I hope he gets to finish on a high just for himself. Yeah, all right, mate. Uh, good stuff. Hey, uh, before we let you go, uh, there's a lot of whispers doing the rounds about Leicester Figanuku having signed for, uh, to go and play in France uh, next season. No, no, nothing's come out of NZR or, or the Crusaders. Are you hearing anything down there, mate? Well, look, to be fair, I, I was really surprised to hear that Leicester's even looking. Um, you know, look, at the end of the day, uh, did he think he was out of the loop when it came to All Black time? Has he been told something that we don't know? Um, you've, got to, you've got to look at the way he's playing at the moment, in particular on the wing. But for me, I see him as a, an opportunity in the next four years to be maybe in the midfield at, at 13. Mm. Um, I know we've got Rico in there as well, but, you know, when we're talking World Cup, and further down the track, um, he could be sort of a, an All Black sitting on 50, 60 test matches and be a real asset for the All Blacks. So, you know, he's an outstanding footballer, isn't he? He's big, he's fast, he he's, he's he goes looking for work. He can finish a try. He's better than anyone at the moment. Finishes tries like you finishes you finish boxes of spades, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you don't. I'm reasonably handy at that too, don't worry. But um, probably gonna stop it. Uh, but, but mate, he's just—he's just so good to watch, isn't he? And and, he, and the bit that I like, and it's a bit like Sevi Reese when he gets a ball in hand, you get excited, don't you? And and people, the crowd won't go and watch that. So um, I hope he hasn't signed. I understand if he does, so I get that. You know, there's a lot of opportunity, and I'm not just saying money. There's opportunity to go and, and see the world, but. You know, from a purely selfish all-black point of view, it would be fantastic to see him stick around and uh, and be one of our leading all-blacks heading into not this World Cup, but also the next. Good stuff, Buff. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well and uh, enjoy enjoy your footy tonight eh? and enjoy the weekend. Yeah, top man, Ricardo. Nice talking to you, mate. Canterbury Sports Quarter, when we come back, uh, we are going to catch up uh, and talk some football with Craig Crawford. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner here on SENZ on your Saturday morning. Time to find out what is going on in Canterbury with Trident Homes designed for living, built for life. Uh, Producer Jacob, what is is going on in Canterbury today, mate? Oh, there's a lot going on today, Ricardo. For example, the Vocal Collective reimagined 70s edition. I bet that's up your alley. Mm. When is it, you may ask? Mm. (laughs) It's tonight, isn't it? It's tonight, 7.30 till 9.30 p.m., at the Charles Looney Auditorium. 
uh, the prices range from $15 to $35. Okay. That's at St. Margaret's College, isn't it, Maryvale? Yep, that's yep. correct. Okay, cool. So we've got that. That's a possibility for our evening out. What else is on? Mm, uh, we've got the St. Andrew's College Pipe Band. Now, this is not just uh, the pipe band playing, but it's actually a full Scottish night because they've got haggis, they've got drams, which is whiskey, for those who don't know, uh, obviously the music, and they're going to have some uh, dancing as well. So if you're into your, into your Scottish culture, Ok, either know uh, that might be the place to go, as they mm. say. See, that even rhymed. Mm, too right. Tagging on the back of that, we've got the Southern Smash Up 2023 Roller Derby. Oh, that sounds like me. That does, doesn't it? Uh, back for the second year, the Southern Smash Up is the ultimate one-day roller derby event hosted by Dead End Derby with support from RDANZI. Yeah, that's Roller Derby... Australia, New Zealand, I believe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's awesome. And now that is happening um, uh, today. It actually starts at 10 o'clock this morning and goes right through to 8 o'clock tonight at the Pioneer Recreation and Sports Centre uh, in Littleton Street in Summerfield. Uh, there is a door charge, uh, depending on how old you are and who you are, between $2 and $10. But uh, always a lot of fun, music, action, and uh, yeah, people bashing each other up on roller skates, basically. Yeah, sounds right up your alley, as you said. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're looking to, to do something with kids that doesn't involve roller skates, uh, what are we talking Linwood Pool here? It's a good one for the kids. It starts for, at one, goes through till three. Uh, standard pool entry uh, uh, applies, but, yeah, slips, slides, rushes, jumps, you can do it all. A good place to take the kids uh, and uh, get them to blow off some steam and run around. Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine you're, you've got pent-up children on a Saturday there's no better place to go. Now, uh, what about if uh, I've got a house full of houseplants and oh. I just don't, I don't want them sitting on the floor, I don't want them sitting on the shelves, what do I do with them? I get pot plant holders. Where can I, where can I do that, Jacob? Uh, you can go to Turangi, the 60th Cathedral Square, Christchurch Central uh, today from 10.30am till midday. And then they've got another session at 2pm till 3.30pm. So it's what, you're sewing and stuff and making plant pot holders and things like that? That's uh, Tūranga, it must be uh, traditional? Oh, you can imagine. I mean, repotting your plants, if you've got some overgrown roots and whatnot, head down there, it's only $10 at the door. Yeah, indeed, my overgrown roots, hoping that they leave the college <laughs> soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, and then uh, we've also got an arts and crafts, uh, an arts centre craft market, I should say, electric array of locally made handcraft products, glass, wood, jewellery, sculpture, artwork, stuffed toys, suitable for all ages. And this is happening tomorrow from 10. Ah, uh, that's correct. From 10pm at the Arts Centre on 2 Worcester uh, Boulevard, Christchurch Central. Yeah, so get along. Uh, so get get a bit arts and crafty, and uh, take you know take a break from sport and something to take uh, uh, take the kids along to as well. There you go. That is what is going on in Canterbury. Proud supporters of the Trident Home Tactics. Check out your modern home plans at tridenthomes.nz. You're on SENZ. This is the Canterbury Sports Corner and joining us now to talk Southern football or football in general, but we'll start with the Southern League is Southern League commentator Craig Crawford. G'day Craig, how you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ricardo. It's been a uh, it's been an interesting uh, draw and uh, set of results so far this season in that, you know, normally we see the heavyweights of Kashmir Tech and Christchurch United duke it out, but Dunedin City Royals uh, have sort of come through the pack and maybe upset a few, have they, uh, this season? Well, they did get a good result up here against Kashmir Technical a couple of weeks back, and uh, it, you're right, it is great to see the... Uh, the southern football teams sort of uh, show show a bit of fight because they've been a bit lacking in, in previous seasons and uh, 
no, great to see them get the results. You know, six wins, one draw, one loss. They're, they're here to play, and um, they've got a, a good clash on Sunday up here against Coastal Spirit, who are sitting in fourth, which should be interesting. Yeah, it's, oh, I mean, it's it's a great round of results to get you on for, uh, round of games to get you on for, actually, because you've got third versus fourth, as you say, but you've also got first versus second, and we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, I mean, looking at this Dunedin City Royals team, the, the difference maybe between them and Kashmir and uh, Christchurch is Kashmir and Christchurch have got two out-and-out goal scorers who do the bulk of the goal scoring, but Dunedin City Royals, they, they seem to share the goals around a bit, don't they? I mean, Ben Stanley, Connor Neal, um, Ollie Peterson, I mean, they've, they've all needed a handful each. Yeah, that, that's right. You're, you're bang on there. The, the, the United and, and Tech boys have got yeah, out-and-out goal scorers there, and uh, don't know too much about the Dunedin City Royal scorers, actually. I, I suppose there's a, there's a wee bit of unknown. I expect that's part of we, partly what these Christchurch sides or Canterbury sides are finding. You know, there's a, I don't know what they're up against against Dunedin City, and they're able to put some uh, good fire in the belly and, and get the results over their uh, provincial neighbours. Yeah, now, I mean, Dunedin City and Kashmir Tech are tied on 19. Uh, it's just a goal difference that's keeping Kashmir Tech ahead of them. Coastal Spirit are six points back. They've had four wins, uh, three losses, and a draw. Uh, you were looking at these results, you would expect um, that Dunedin City Royals should probably get the win on the road because Coastal Spirit really look like they are struggling to score. They are struggling to score, but their first two losses came in the first two games. Uh, or two of their losses came in the first two games. So they're on a good run of form. Or we'll watch them play in, a, in the local English Cup competition here in Christchurch, uh, and they easily dispatched of uh, SAS in that game. And they, they look like they've got a good few players that really could, uh, could some, cause some trouble for Dunedin City. Yeah, all right. We'll look forward to that one. Uh, also, this weekend, Kashmir Tech take on Christchurch United. Uh, this is always a big game in the Southern football calendar. Um, Kashmir scoring goals for fun, 30 of them in just eight appearances. Uh, but on the other side, Christchurch in eight games have only conceded two. So is this a case of the unstoppable force meets the immovable object? Yes, exactly. It, uh, it will be a great game, and um, I'm sure there'll be good numbers down at Garrick Park this afternoon when the when the Hurley Shield's on the line as well that's a sort of a Rand Furley Shield type uh, competition or shield that uh, goes around the Canterbury clubs it's been around for a long time so Christchurch United haven't had that for a number of years it's been safe in the Christchurch technical cabinet because um, it is only given out when you lose at home uh, so it, it should be all on should be all on. Uh, we've also got a, a bit of a, a an early battle for the wooden spoon, I suppose you would say. Nomads will be desperate to get off the foot of the table uh, and, and keep themselves in the Southern uh, Premier League, uh, and they host Selwyn United. Yes, they yeah, that end of the table is it's crucial for Nomads. They're, they're on four points. It's three sides above them have got six points, so a loss, and it really does set them adrift. And then we've also got FC20, who are one of those sides on six points, and they and they host Nelson Suburbs, who kind of sit in that band just sort of between. You know, you've got your top four that we've talked about, and then you've got your bottom four, but them and Ferrymead uh, Bays kind of sit mid-table. Yeah, Nelson, another one of those sides who started the season poorly, weren't able to really uh, get it going, but in recent weeks have, have shown that they have got 
what, what it takes. So uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, FC, who obviously uh, were the team that got promoted last year, once they've sort of gathered their momentum a wee bit and got themselves reused to the pace of the league, they're starting to show, show a bit. They uh, couldn't score to save for love of money early on, but they've started to find the net back of the net recently. Mm. And that, that Nelson side uh, featuring Alex Ridsdale, who we saw quite a lot of in the in the old format of the of the National League. So they've got some quality players there in Nelson. They certainly do. And, um, yeah, overall. Should be favourites for that game, and uh, I know uh, uh, they'll be very keen to stay in that sort of mid-table area. And uh, with another round to go, this is the last game of the first round. They could maybe even get themselves up amongst the uh, the National League qualification. Yeah, and, then, and that's I mean that's what it's all about. That's where uh, the potential to get into the Club uh, World Cup, etc., the uh, Oceania Champions League is. Uh, you got uh, yeah, a bunch of games that we've talked about on Saturday, of course, one on Sunday as well. What are, what are you calling this weekend? I'm calling the uh, Christchurch United Cashman Technical Game at Garrett Park. So trying to see if I can get along to the game as well and uh, find a back room to uh, do my work in. So. It should be a great atmosphere. Yeah, Garbin Coglin up against Sam Phillip. Uh, 12 goals each this season, those two. Uh, it's going to be like the old Wild West and a, a, and a pair of sharpshooters going at it. <laughs> yes, well, it will be. But yeah, as you said, the, the goalkeeping might be might be Crossing United's advantage. But uh, Danny Knight's no, uh, no, no stranger for keep, keeping balls out of the back of his net in the Cashmere technical goal. So he'll be up for the challenge also. Yeah, he will be, mate. Well, we look forward to that and uh, have a great call. Uh, look forward to being able to tune in uh, to that. Where, where can we find those uh, th- that commentary? Is that just on YouTube? Yes, it will be, yeah, on the New Zealand Football Channel. So yeah. yeah, perfect. All right, mate, I look forward to that. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of things. Uh, also, of course, we've got the Phoenix uh, have uh, wrapped up their season recently, but uh, interesting news, Oscar Zavada, that they signed on a free uh, and he's on a two-year deal, is subject to interest out of the Dutch Premier League, or the, the Eredivisie as it's called, um, here in Veen, uh, looking at him after 15 goals because Sidney Van Hooydonk uh, is moving on, going to Bologna in Italy. Uh, that's an interesting position for the Phoenix. I mean, they could get money for jam effectively, but it's just where do you find those goals again, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he I'm not surprised to see the interest he's getting. He was outstanding, wasn't he? And uh, it's a perennial problem for the Phoenix. How many Golden Boots have, winners have we had in the uh, lineup of the of Phoenix? They just uh, find other passes to go and play, and after after doing well here, so real problem. Yeah, real problem for them. I mean, you know, you look at the players that were sold, uh, Kikache, uh, Singh um, uh, amongst them. I think uh, John McCain back in the day was sold to maybe a Saudi league or somewhere in the Middle East as well. I think they've, they've made some good money, about two, 2.4, 2.5 million uh, euros from, from those sales combined. Uh, what do you reckon Zavada would be worth if they, they were to sell him to the Dutch outfit? How much money do you reckon uh, the club could pocket? Well, I... You'd like to think enough to buy another couple of players, wouldn't you? If coming off the back of that, his his results this year, I'm not one for putting uh, figures on things. It's just an absolute lottery out there. <laughs> you see what some of these players are getting; it's incredible. But uh, he'll, he'll get enough for a couple of players, you'd hope.
Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so, or, or at least you know to put back into the club. And uh, you know, I think the Phoenix have only ever actually paid one transfer fee in their uh, in their history, which was a hundred thousand for any Piscopo. But uh, uh, that was money well spent. So maybe they'll they'll look right. at that again. Uh, what about? Um, uh, the under twenties, uh, the New Zealand under twenties over at the under twenty World Cup, so close to qualifying outright against Uzbekistan. Uh, just a pity we could couldn't hold on. Well, it was a great game, wasn't it? And a great couple of goals. I think we'll be seeing those two goals in the highlights package at the end of the tournament. Um, it was outstanding, and it just seemed to be maybe the conditions or uh, just a lack of fitness or something. Yeah, really caught got them in the end and that and um yeah, devastating to see that last goal go in. But uh hey, it's it's all to all to play for in this last game. Well that's the thing. I mean Argentina are two wins from two, right? So they 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 will probably rest some players because they they they're already through. Um, so you'd imagine if they've got anybody with a niggle or anybody that looks a bit leggy, that, that they will get uh, a rest and they'll give some other uh, players an opportunity. And then it's on Uzbekistan to actually beat uh, Guatemala. That's not a given either. Um, and given you know the Uzbekis only lost two one to Argentina, we've shown that we can we can foot it with them. So no reason why we couldn't maybe get a result out of the Argentinians themselves. There was some quality play from Darren Baisley's boys out there they they really showed I thought you know even you know they did absorb a lot of pressure later on in the game but really took it to them uh, to the Asian champions and yeah I see no reason why they can't tip up as you say uh, probably a weaker type of side in in the Argentinians having got through already so yeah fingers crossed I'll be, I'll be sitting on the couch watching that one. Yeah, I mean, Jay Herdman, you, you talked about the goals. Uh, that second goal from Jay Herdman was world-class. That was absolute quality. Uh, and, and, you know, he's running around in the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, I think, like second team that play in the Canadian Premier League. Uh, so he's one to watch, definitely, son of John, John Herdman. And there's a few others there as well. Um, anybody in particular stood out to you uh, from the team uh, over these two games that you've seen? Yeah, I like I like the look of uh, Finn Sermon. I think he's uh, you know had a bit of a quiet year for the Phoenix, but I think he's a good a solid a solid defender. That's for sure. Um, here we actually got the, um, the keeper. Looks like he's got some goods. And mm. um, yeah, no, look, I, uh, I like the young the young Christchurch lad up front early on there, uh, Donkers. You know, I've seen him play uh, high school football. Uh, down here, and I know he's uh, he's love to see him get a, another good good run of it because he's he's going well where he's at this year. Yeah, and Ben Wallace, of course, he's part of the Phoenix Academy. He scored that first one, which was a screamer. Uh, there's a few Phoenix players we might see in the Phoenix first team next season, and and you know, particularly with them letting uh, Jan Sasko, uh, Noah Karanaratni, uh, who's who's really a left winger, um, could be a player that we see a bit more of in the Phoenix next season. Uh, looking forward to seeing what else he can deliver at this tournament. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, well, um, and that becomes the uh, it's the window, isn't it? This under twenty tournament. It's the big stage where uh, a lot of these players can really put their hand up, and and if uh, if they're not they're going to stay at a club, you know, that someone else might come looking for them. Yeah, indeed. All right, Craig. Hey, listen, mate, I really appreciate your time. I know you've got uh, some research to do, some prep to do ahead of your big call this afternoon. Have a great call, mate, and uh, thanks again for your time, eh? Appreciate the chat. Good, good, good luck this afternoon. This is SENZ, it is Canterbury Sports Corner and uh, joining us to talk basketball is the CEO of Canterbury Basketball, Clive Beaumont. G'day Clive, how you doing? G'day, I'm fine, thank you. 
It's a story, mate. A, uh, a little bit of a overcast morning in uh, in Christchurch, but uh, you got a big weekend planned, mate. We have got a big weekend. Um, it's um, going last weekend before our first break of the season because next weekend we have the under nineteen national tournament taking place in Rangiora. Um, so uh, we go on a break from the from the weekend competitions. But it's a big week in advance of that, that's for sure. Yeah, there'll be, uh, be lots of running around uh, leading into that, mate. And I, I guess, you know, the, the popularity of basketball is on the rise across the country. Uh, I would imagine that you've seen it in and around Canterbury as well. It's always been a hotbed of basketball, particularly with the Rams travelling so well this season. Yeah, the Rams are doing great. Um, obviously, uh, um, great win last night um, uh, up, up in uh, Taranaki. Um, and... Um, that was a great bounce back from the defeat last, last weekend. But yeah, tracking really well. And it's great to see Judd, uh, um, you know, playing the youngsters. Uh, I mean, youngsters, um, the youthful uh, element of the squad because they're certainly taking shape now and have come through the ranks and are now performing at that NBL level as we all knew they would eventually. So. Yeah, That's great to see. Yeah, the Cells NBLs are fantastic, providing such a great pathway, but also getting to see you know very good players out of the US and Australian system come here, and uh, our youngsters that are coming through that you mentioned, you know that they can only learn and benefit from that. Oh, that that, that adds to the mix, yes, and and of course um, the the local uh, youngsters that go into the Ram squad uh, get to see how yeah these imports have have been produced through the American college system and the skills and the uh, and the experience that they bring uh, can only benefit the team and, and those players in the long run. What's the relationship between the Canterbury Rams and Canterbury basketball? I imagine you guys sort of do work together even though you're not intrinsically linked. Yeah, we're not intrinsically linked and, and obviously, um, you know, from a, from a very clear perspective, I guess we are the community-based basketball regional sports organisation and we, we're responsible primarily for providing basketball as a sport of recreation uh, and, and the Rams organisation take, take on the elite side of the sport and uh, take the, uh, you know, the, the, the youngsters that come through and the, and the good players and, and collect the good players from around the region and uh, form it into a professional team. So um, yes, there's, there's a link uh, that, that, that they work together and, and our under-19 team is, is, is a classic example of that. Uh, we go into nationals next weekend as two-time defending champions and uh, and that is very much linked to the Rams programme as well as our own programme uh, because those youngsters in the Rams squad are learning all the time but then benefiting coming into the uh, Canterbury representative side um, and uh, and obviously the success is there for people to see and that's and that's jointly uh, yeah that, that's a joint venture really. So. Do you foresee a time in the future? I mean, you're talking about back to back to back national champions at under 19 level. Uh, I think it was it last season or the season before. I think one or two Jets, and I know Hawks Bay Hawks have done it before as well, where they've had no imports. They've just gone all local. Do you do you see a team in the future that can be competitive for the Canterbury Rams without having to go overseas? Um, it, it's possible. I mean, obviously, there's, there's a huge development that's required to to go from. Um, what are under-19 national championship side uh, through to being successful in the NBL. You know, there's a huge development still that, that goes on with players between the ages of 18, 21 and mid-20s uh, before they become the full complete article. So, so that, that requires a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication from players to, to, to make that jump to the next level. But, but it's tracking well and, and I think Judd uh, is doing a great job with them.
That is great to see. I mean, you will have noticed, I think you've been GM there, what, since 2019? So this is, what, four yeah, years? Yep. Um, yep. What's the growth been in terms of that community engagement? I mean, how many players are you having to try and, uh, I guess, coordinate, facilitate uh, now compared to when you started? Well, it, it, it's, it, it, I guess I can. it's easy to, to give the stats. Uh, and I think Sport New Zealand would also back this up. Classic Ball is now the second most played sport in this country, uh, uh, just behind netball. And I think the, the 22 figures... Uh, literally had us about 800 players behind netball that the that tracking is one way with basketball at the moment uh, at the end of 2018 we we you know just take our weekend competition we had 42 games going on at that point in time um, on eight courts across four venues and uh, tomorrow we'll be um, putting on 89 games across 15 courts and nine venues so that in itself just shows uh, and that's only part of the story because you have the primary school basketball that goes on across five separate centres. We have five hubs that are run by our major clubs and ourselves um, that, that cater for 520 plus teams during the week. We have um, high school competitions, Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, again, another 330 teams across those competitions and, and 226 in the weekend. So that's an awful lot of basketball that needs to get played each week. Uh, and that's the, that's the task that we have to um, to organise, along with the help of our, our major clubs and school sport Canterbury. So it's, um, it's it's a major task, and that's how it's grown. <laughs> yeah, it's a major task indeed. I mean, in terms of facilities, what you've got to work with. Um, you know, where is that at for you? I, I know there's, you know, the more the better all the time. But I mean, are you in a position at the moment to be able to do everything you want to do with community basketball? Um, short answer to that is no. Um, we 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 have had to cap the numbers, uh, particularly on the um, uh, on the boys' side of the game uh, uh, on the weekend because we literally just cannot cope with any more uh, games at the moment um, in terms of courts and venues uh, because you know we we're running nine venues; those all have to be manned, they all have to be resourced, and 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 and, and again, it's a it's a big logistical task. Um, so, so we are being capped to that. Having said that, I, I hasten to add that, that the councils are very aware and very um, 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 accepting of the fact that basketball is such a growing sport and that, and that it needs facilities, and they are doing their best to provide those. Obviously, you know, in recent years we've we've had the new centre in Selwyn open uh, and the new one at Rangiora, um, both of which are on the very perimeters of our. Um, of our association, but uh, but obviously uh, we wait and see, and hopefully have nine courts in the middle of Christchurch, not too far away. Yeah, you've got a new facility due to open. What twenty twenty five? What what will that mean for you? Yeah, that 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 hopefully will mean uh, the basketball can can grow again. Um, we 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 know there are numbers. We know there's a huge bubble coming through. Um, those um, high school players and, and, and basketball is by far the biggest sport played by high school students in Canterbury at the moment. Uh, we know those are coming through and we want to provide more opportunities, pathways, at whatever level players choose to play at. Um, and, and, and having nine courts in one venue available on a Saturday, um, uh, plus obviously other ones that we're currently using, means that we, we can expand. Um, and uh, and expand with um, with with yeah 
fairly fairly quickly. What are you guys doing as a as an organisation um, around recruitment for for not just players but also officials and, and coaches and things? Because I look at it and go, you know, you mentioned you're about eight hundred behind netball, right? But for me, if I'm yep. if if I've got a daughter uh, who wants to play sport and has uh, aspirations to maybe go pro or or to get a scholarship somewhere, I'm far better off putting her in basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't argue with that uh, conclusion. Um, in terms of the sport, any any sport has has um, three major pillars to to look at, and that is obviously player development, coach development, and referee development and officials. Because without the three elements, the sport will eventually flounder. And and, and basketball um, has had a lot of catching up to do in the last. You know, five to ten years on this, on this, um, in these areas, particularly on the coach and referee side of things. Um, uh, it, you know, we do have very good coaches, but we um, still struggle for what's let's say the recreational coaches, the mums and dads who stick their hand up to coach them, and we we still do a fairly good job in that. But but certainly in the school sector, uh, I think that's a problem. And I think the reason is is it's not a traditional sport. I mean, I know it's got a long history, but what I mean by that is is you know mums, dads, granddads, you know grandmas are quite comfortable going and perhaps uh, helping coach netball side or a cricket side or a rugby side because traditionally in New Zealand those have been the, the you know, generational sports um, and, and of course people aren't as willing to do it when they're out of the comfort zone in terms of a new sport uh, like basketball so uh, in time I think that will take care of itself but we have to put in in place um, you know, uh, coach education, uh, mentoring and Particularly officials uh, to get those on board, and, and we, you know, we have a new strategic plan which is just coming come, come into play from April, uh, alongside which is a four-year referee development plan. So, you know, it, it will it will happen in due course. Um, it's just a question of, of time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's uh, a lot of work to be done, but uh, a lot of growth in that sport still to come. I can see that. Uh, just before we let it's you a go, great problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great problem, problem to have. To have. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I yeah. let you go, though, I wanted to ask about uh, Mary Goulding. Obviously, uh, the Tall Ferns player, she yeah. was in that uh, terrible car accident about a week ago. Uh, she's uh, yeah. What we hear is she's in a stable condition, but still in an ICU. Uh, I know it's uh, you know she'll be with family and, and friends, and then she's probably high performance, but is there uh, anything that you can or, or are doing or people can do uh, through Canterbury Basketball for her? I think I think that you know the, the family obviously initially in shock and now obviously um, you know um, by Mary's side and I think that, that you've got to respect their wishes um, and, and and it's very early days for an injury like that and and, and for what she's gone through now in the last week um, you know hopefully we we haven't heard anything much in the last forty eight hours hopefully that is you know no news is good news in this in this case and it's going to be a slow and long recovery for Mary but. Um, you know, in due course, we will, um, you yeah, know, we will look look and see what we can do to help. Um, and I know her team; she was obviously travelling to a club game um, last weekend when the accident happened. And I know her team are, are pretty shocked by it, and 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 their game has been deferred this weekend um, for the, uh, because their thoughts and uh, are very much on Mary and her recovery. Um, so you know, we, we we can only wish her well and um, and hope and pray that she. Um, she recovers. 
Indeed, Clive. Listen, thanks very much for your time. I know you've got uh, not just a busy weekend, but a busy week and a half ahead of you. Best of luck uh, to hosting the, the Under-19 Nationals and uh, to your team. Well, it's and, North, and make... it's North country, in, in fairness, it's North Country basketball that hosting the Under-19 Nationals, but it's nice to have it on our doorstep. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, best of luck to your team as well, eh? Hopefully you can uh, make it four in a row. Um, yeah, well, yeah, if, uh, we would, if this would be three in a row, so that would be a fair, fair achievement in this day and age. Indeed it would. Go well, Clive. Have a great weekend. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Ricardo.